Welcome to the Tigers Avenue. Welcome to the Monday, or not Monday night, Tuesday night uh, edition of Tigers Avenue. About uh, a little bit less than an hour out from uh, the baseball game. Wanted to get in a, a show uh, before the game uh, begins tonight. Um, I am riding solo uh, tonight. Uh, everybody say, aw. Zach, unfortunately, uh, is having to work a little bit later tonight, um, so we'll give him we'll we'll give him a break. We'll give him a break. Work works having to keep him a little bit tonight, um, so no problem. I can take care of business. We can just I, I can talk about LSU all night, um, especially after this past weekend. What a fun weekend for uh, uh, the baseball Tigers um, getting the sweep over Ole Miss. Um, actually, the first time that has happened. Uh, since 1997, and it's the first time it's happened at Ole Miss since 1996. So this Tiger team continues to do some things that have not been done for quite some time. Uh, pretty excited about this team moving forward. Um, I mean, have yet to lose a, a, a series in the SEC yet. Have, have yet to lose a series, period. Um, so really it's uh, been a special season so far, and, and I think we're going to continue to see – uh, this team improve, um, and, and I really like where they're at right now. I really do. Uh, I, I think we're in great positioning uh, after some things, how they unfolded in the SEC this past week. LSU is in a really great spot, um, and we'll t we'll talk about that. Obviously, uh, Saturday was the spring game. We'll do a little recap on that as well, um, kind of the highlights uh, of that. Obviously, you never want to re over overthink a spring game. You never want to. Uh, uh, look too far into what a, what a spring game brings. Um, but we'll talk about it. Uh, I mean, I think there were some great things to look that we looked at, uh, some, some, some highlights, maybe some concerns. Um, I, I don't think there's too many concerns, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, and then we'll also talk about uh, the matchup tonight against Nichols and, and give you a little preview. Uh, for that as well. So, little unorthodox tonight, but it's going to be all right. We'll, we'll we'll get things going. Um, we do apologize um, if you do hear some noise in the background. Um, it's probably my new child, uh, Luca. Uh, there's only so much I can do to keep. Uh, well, it's only so much my wife can do to keep the baby quiet. So, I, I know y'all will be understanding if you hear some some cries in the background. Um, she's trying to keep him preoccupi preoccupied. Um, I, I mean, as you all know, we, we can hardly keep Zeke contained sometimes. So to try and keep an infant contained at the same time, um, it's become a challenge. It's become a challenge. I think McKenna 
would agree, would you not? Yeah, McKenna's standing over there. So um, it's become a challenge, but it's okay. We're, we're, we're good, though. We're doing good. All right. Um, I don't see any comments in here yet. I was going to get to a few of your comments. If if you would, I see a few are watching. Um, you know, throw some comments in there. Comment uh, what you think about this past weekend. Um, what were your highs? What were your lows of, of, of the week, the baseball weekend? And also your thoughts on the spring game. So I can start marking them, and, and we can discuss it whenever uh, we start getting uh, uh, to those specific things. So um, – First and, and foremost uh, about the baseball uh, team, there is some breaking news from today that I think uh, needs to be addressed. I think it's something that everybody saw coming and everybody already knew was was kind of the situation. Um, we, we all knew already is what I'm trying to say. Um, Chase Shores announced today on his social media platforms uh, that he indeed has torn his UCL. Uh, he's had Tommy John surgery, and so he is done for the season. Um, and that really that really stinks because uh, Chase Shores was um, a, a key player out of the bullpen. I mean, when you have a true freshman who's coming out of the bullpen and he's throwing 99, sometimes he touched 100 a few times, um, it really stinks to lose that, and and uh, we we've seen the effects of that over the past few weeks with our bullpen. Um, but he makes it official. We we all really knew um, that that was the reality. At least uh, I had kind of come to grips that he's done for the season. I, I've also already kind of come to grips that you know I've kind of told myself that Garrett Edwards is done for this season. Um, but it sounds like he Garrett might not be done for the season. Um, that's just my uh, uh, mental preparedness um, thinking, trying to prepare myself for when Garrett Edwards announces he's done for the season. But it sounds like he may not be. Um, we, we had seen some reports, I think Leah Van reported on it, that he was throwing a football that Garrett was throwing football with Brady Neal before one of the old Miss games. Um, look, don't let's not look too much into it, but you know, that's a good sign. Obviously a throwing motion, the throwing motion between pitching a baseball and throwing a football is, is a lot more different. Uh, football is a lot more shoulder. Um, obviously with pitching, it's much more of a strain on your elbow. Um, so you probably can get away with throwing a football if you have, uh, you know, some UCL problems. Hopefully not a tear, but you know, maybe he's got a UCL sprain. He can he can throw a football around, but it's still a positive sign. It, it's still a positive sign. Um, you know, we got a few updates also on Tommy White uh, today from Jay Johnson. Um, that was one thing that uh, all fans were concerned about. Uh, on Sunday when he only had one at bat and he was pulled. And we all watched his at bat and there really was nothing of concern in terms of injury. Um, it didn't look like anything happened. It didn't seem like anything happened to him. Uh, yet he sat out the whole game. Uh, and the broadcast eventually said that it was it was due to an injury. Um, Jay Johnson has has reported a little bit on that today. Uh, and said it was uh, some kind of leg injury. 
Uh, it's not too serious. It's day to day. So that's good news. Um, I was really hoping it was nothing, you know, obviously all of us were praying that, that nothing serious has happened uh, to Tommy White because we know how crucial he is uh, to our lineup. Um, but it seems like it, it was something minor, something that's not going to affect him long term. So we'll see how um, they handle Tommy White's situation. Thankfully, it's nothing too serious. If if I'm the coach, if I'm the coach, I ain't playing Tommy tonight. Um, I, I, I ain't playing Tommy at all. There's no reason to risk him in a midweek game against Nichols. Um, so that's my thought process on it. If he's day-to-day with some kind of leg injury, I ain't playing him. Um, I see Robert is coming in here commenting. Robert, how are you doing tonight? Uh, we're doing well. Uh, things have been busy. We're kind of coming. I personally am coming to the end of my semester in school. Um, so lots of assignments to finish and complete, and exams and finals are ahead of me. So it's been busy, uh, but we're doing good. We're doing good. He also said uh, that Hurd is starting on the mound tonight. I was curious as, as, as to who they were going to give the ball to tonight. I I want it to be Hurd in the midweek. Um, I want it to be Hurd. Uh, I, I want him to start to gain some confidence. Uh, I want him to um, get the ball every every chance he get and every chance he can get in a starting position. Um, and the midweek, you know, with his struggles lately, the midweek is the best way to do that. You know, put him in there, let him get some confidence, let him let him work on his mechanics because clearly his mechanics are off. Um, he can't find the strike zone. Let him work on it. Let him go in there and and, and battle. And you know, he wasn't used this past weekend, um, so it's a perfect time uh, to bring him in. Honestly, Carl Dunn's already. Uh, uh, I guess they've already released the lineup. I mean, it's five. 48 right now, my time. Um, so that makes sense. Not in the lineup and no Morgan. Um, I, I'm fine with that, really, guys. Um, some of these guys need uh, uh, to rest. Uh, Tommy White definitely needs to rest. Um, Morgan, I don't know what's going on there. Maybe just maybe just giving him a night off. I, I think Trey Morgan is – Trey and Dylan are the only guys uh, who have started every single game uh this season so maybe giving a tray tray an off night uh um probably jay johnson's play there glenn west uh has posted it um morgan out try out to with white fry starting in right i guess you're talking about ethan fray starting in right field Okay, yeah, I I I I kind of wondered when Ethan Frey would get another look. He he needs to um, need the man of the cloth to pray for Hurd. Hey, I I'm a minister. I can pray for Hurd. You know, we we can pray for Hurd to to get back on track tonight. Let's see. Uh, we also got hit. Yeah, he did, Robert. He did get hit in the wrist. Um, probably give him the the night off for that. It, so you're, you're probably right there. I, I completely forgot about that. He did take a really bad shot to the wrist on Sunday. So little, little nicked up. Look, the team is nicked up. We, we know that. Uh, the, the team has been struggling when it comes to injuries. Uh, it's just that time of season. You're, you're past the halfway point. Uh, the season is starting to wear on your team. It's, it's really natural. 
uh, for these things to happen. I mean, injuries are going to occur. You're going to get nicked up. Look, I, I don't even think that Gavin Dugas um, is fully healthy. Um, I don't think he had a bad weekend. I just think that he was still dealing with injury. That was very – I think it was very obvious that he was still in some pain. Y'all can kind of give me your thoughts on that. Um, I, I've, it looked like Gavin was still dealing with some pain from what he from the injury he had last time. Uh, Carl Dunn also st- saying that Hayden T is catching. Hey, <laughs> Hayden has earned some playing time, has he not? Look, um, I, I need to get into this weekend, uh, uh, this past weekend, and really kind of give y'all game to game my thoughts. Um, but man, Hayden, you know, with Brady Neal uh, out. Uh, Malazzo has really taken the bulk of it. And, man, catching is really a, a, a brutal position, and it, it can beat you up and wear you out. Uh, so I knew that probably eventually we would see Hayden, um, that we would see Hayden get a start with Brady trying to battle with with whatever uh, back injury is going on with him. Um, and, and, man, Hayden came in there uh, and, and has played well and also obviously – uh, uh, pulled the W out from the depths of despair on Sunday. Um, and we'll get into that as well. Um, so, hey, man, Hayden has earned some playing time. But also, hey, Malazzo has been great at the plate lately. Been really good. I have loved uh, to see what Malazzo has done. His plate approach has been resurrected under Jay Johnson. Uh, um, being the head coach, I mean, we we used to count Malazzo as an automatic out. His plate approach was atrocious, but man, the dude is hitting it up the middle. He is hitting it to, to the opposite field most of the time when he hits. He's either hitting it up the middle or going opposite field, and he's been doing really well. I know he hit one poolside, kind of dribbled one through poolside on Sunday, but man, really pleased with what Malazzo has been doing at the plate lately. Um. So really, really, uh, I've the catchers have just have been great all season long, in my opinion, and and I think that Malazzo has kind of earned the spot to be the number one guy. But obviously, Brady Neal and Hayden are get some are going to get some work every now and then. All right, I've already talked in my, uh, enough about ins and outs of the team. We really need to get into the past weekend. Uh, so Friday night, Paul Skeens goes out there, and Paul Skeens does what he typically always does, 11 strikeouts. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, he had six innings pitched. Um, really went out there and just shoved like he always does. Uh, the team offensively uh, was struggling a little bit. You know, we had two runs. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember when that guy when, – when, Furnace hit the three-run home run. I think it was in the fifth. But but so, like, I think it was through five innings we had hit. We had only gotten two runs in. And, of course, uh, Ed, uh, not, I almost said Eddie Furnace. <laughs> uh, Will Furnace, Eddie Furnace's son, which is so odd to say, to see a Furnace in a Ole Miss uniform, uh, to put it the way Blake uh, put it, is disgusting. Um, obviously, uh, Will is not what Eddie is. He's only a freshman, so he could become that. But um, it's hard to watch a furnace play 
in an Ole Miss uniform. But, man, look, the situation, the way it, way it played out is they had two on base, and the, the, the at-bat that Will had before the one he hit the home run, Paul Skeens just shoved three fastballs right by him. Um, so the reality is Will was sitting fastball, and he caught up to it. Uh, um, he was sitting fastball. Paul Skeens threw a fastball. It was belt high, uh, caught way too much of the plate. And you know what? Will Will took advantage of it, and he sent it out. And Ole Miss took the lead, three to two. But man, like LSU has consistently done all season long, they respond in the next inning. And uh, um, Tommy White goes dead center, grand slam to get you right back on top, and ultimately. Griffin Herring comes in, and guys, Griffin Herring is becoming your rock-solid, like, number one out of the bullpen. Um, he is continuing to develop in, into just such a reliable guy out of the pen. Um, he comes in and just shuts the door, um, and, and that was really all she wrote. I know it ended, I think, 7-4, to four, right? or set, No, it was 7-3. to three. It ended 7-3. to three. We pushed across another run. Um, but Griffin Herring came in and, and, and did what he had to do uh, to seal the deal, um, and, and it was a good night for the Tigers. Same, Really the same was true uh, on Saturday. Um, I'm honestly drawing a blank on how Saturday played out um, because of all that happened on Sunday. <laughs> the Tigers won, though. You know, uh, Oh, Ty Floyd, holy smokes. Ty Floyd comes out and has the best performance of his entire season, potentially his his career. Uh, he matches his his career high in eight strikeouts, uh, comes in and uh, pitches eight and a third. Eight and a third only gave up uh, the one three-run home run to Alderman, who, I mean, man, Kemp Alderman crushed that ball. I mean, crushed it. Uh, and he made, he made it a ball game, but... You know, that made it a closer ball game, you know, in the moment. But in reality, LSU was really in control. Ty Floyd dominated that game. Um, Cruz really uh, set the tone early, though, with the two-run homer. It's all kind of coming back to me now. Uh, and Carl Dunn, I see your comment there, kind of reminded me as well. Uh, man, Cruz, two home runs back-to-back. Uh, at bats for him, a two-run home run, and then the first—it's it, kind of weird to say—but that was the first grand slam of of Dylan Cruz's career. Um, drives in six runs in his first two at bats. LSU ends up uh, scratching across two more uh, throughout the game. Nate Ackenhausen, really great to to see him back. Um, obviously, he had not pitched uh, in quite some time; had been dealing with a hamstring injury. Ty Floyd. The performance that Ty Floyd had gave you the opportunity to bring Ackenhausen in. If Ty Floyd doesn't have that performance, I don't know if Ackenhausen gets in the way he does. But he made it so comfortable to bring a guy who had not pitched in so long coming off of injury. Floyd really set the stage for, for Ackenhausen to come in and, and be able to come in at that moment. And he comes in, he gets two more outs, he seals the deal. Man, 
if Typhoid continues to pitch like that, I mean, it, it's huge because we all know we had number one in Paul Skeens, and, and he was going to be that guy. But we needed, we had to have a number two and a number three. And, man, with with Hurd struggling the way he has and with um, Chase Shores taking the injury, it was like, man, who's going to be the guy? And Floyd had obviously, obviously kind of stepped into that role. But, you know, a few of his performances were were, were good but not great. The walks were a problem. Um and he typically would get you, you know, like four innings, five. I know against Arkansas, he he ended up having a really great outing and extending to, I believe, like six or seven innings. But, man, eight and a third, geez. And he pitched, I think, a, I know he pitched over 100 pitches. That was huge. If he can keep doing that, we're going to be really, really uh, uh, pleased with 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 him. Um, man. Christian Little, you, I mean, I can say the same thing. He came in and, and pitched a great game. He really did. Um, and and that's kind of been the story of the weekend, I think, was – was um, I think the highlight of the weekend was Floyd and Little and their starts because both of them were solid. If you – I mean, if you can get that from both of them going forward, it's going to be really great. It, it really is. And what set up Sunday, uh, uh, what happened Sunday is Javen Coleman comes in, uh, which I'm really glad, man, that Javen uh, has been able to work back from injury. Obviously had Tommy Johns last year. Um, it was his second appearance, you know, so he's still not crisp. He's not clean. They touched him. Uh, he got, they, you know, they worked back in the game. It was only four to two. Javen Coleman comes in. Um, they get two home runs off of him. Uh, oh no, I'm I'm trying to. I can't. Remember. I, I know I know Kemp Alderman tied it with four, uh, and then Utter Uttermark, I think is his name. Uttermark uh, is the one who took the lead in the eighth and made it six to four for Ole Miss. And then man, you go to the top of the ninth, and it feels like all hope is lost. I, I mean, that's how it felt for me. It, it felt like, man, we just blew a, a a sweep opportunity. We have yet to sweep. Um, and, man, this was our opportunity, and we just blew it. And then you, you, you come to the top of the ninth, and you get pop-up, pop-up, two outs quickly, and you're just like, it, you know, it's done. It's done. I, I was on the brink of cutting it off. I, I really was. I was about to cut it off after the second pop fly, but I didn't. I didn't. I, I was so close to doing it, but I was like, no, I'm going to – I'll watch and see. I'll see what happens because if if – I kind of in my mind already knew, okay, if, if, if Joe Bear gets on, I know that they're going to pinch hit Trubisky. Uh, they're going to pinch – or excuse me. It was Joe. It was somebody else was before Joe Bear. And I, I'm drawing a blank on who it was before Joe Bear. Y'all remind me. But I knew Joe Bear was going to be up to bat, and Joe Bear has home run power, and he could tie the game really quick. Um, but the guy before him gets walked, and I can't remember who it was for the life of me. Maybe it was Josh Pearson. But y'all remind me who it was. But then Joe Bear comes up first pitch. He gets hit uh, in the foot. 
And I knew as soon as he got hit that Travinsky was coming to the plate. Um, that you knew that they were going to be looking for home run hitters uh, uh, to try and tie this game up or take the lead. Man, Travinsky comes in. We were dead in the water. We get a walk. We get a hit by pitch. Travinsky is two outs. He gets two strikes on him. We're down two with two men on. And, man, that pitcher, I think it was Merle, uh, I mean, he hung a pitch over the plate. Uh, that he hung over a pitch over the plate that was belt high, and I mean, Hayden got every stitch of it. He got every bit of it, and it was out. I, I mean, it, it was. He knew it immediately. the The bat drop made it so much better. Um, and I know all of you have probably seen it by now. But the video clip of him from uh, uh, the side angle of the swing that has Jay Johnson in the background when he hits it and, and Jay Johnson just throws his hands up, it is one of the greatest moments of the season. It really is. Um, that had been kind of LSU's, the knock on LSU, right? Like they're winning all these series but they're supposed to be the number one team in the country. They're supposed to be dominant, and they have yet to sweep. So when are we going to get that sweep? And to have that moment, two outs, two strikes, two on, and he cranks it to take the lead back, it, it was fantastic. I, I mean, just awesome. Um, maybe it was Bryce Collins that 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 – Uttermark hit that. I think it's Uttermark, right? He hit that two-run bomb on. But anyways, anyways. So, man, he takes the lead. I, I went. At, I was at the church. Uh, I went nuts. Uh, on Sundays, I stay at church between services because it's kind of a longer drive for me. And so I'm up there watching it at church. I went crazy when Hayden hit it. Um, and then they bring Gavin Gidry in. And, man, Tip of the cap to Jay Johnson, um, having faith in a true freshman like Gavin Gidry. What a moment that you hand the ball to a true freshman, to Gavin, and you say, go get me three. And he labored a little bit, and boy, Ole Miss dang near. Ole Miss was about one foot from walking you off. Uh, obviously, he walked a guy, and uh, their third baseman uh, Lege, who, by the way, is a is a a transfer from Delgado Community College, uh, Mike Bianco still using his Louisiana ties uh, to recruit. Um, get the guy from Delgado. Uh, uh, I think it's Lege. Um, I mean, he he just about got one out on on Gavin. Uh, obviously, the guy was on base. They were down one, seven to six. If he cranks it, it it's it's ball game. And when he hit it, y'all, I thought it was gone. I thought they walked us off. I thought they got us back. And man, I see Stevenson settling under it, and I'm like, oh, please, like please, just let it fall, let it fall. And with his back up to the wall, it falls and it stays in the park. You know, we, I know we all were like, 
Whoo! That was close. Thankfully, uh, uh, the next batter, he gets him to pop up uh, to second base. Uh, ben Napolt seals the deal with, with the catch, and LSU finally gets the sweep, their first sweep of, of the, the year in SEC play, and it was huge. It turns out to be a, a massive sweep uh, because old, uh, not Ole Miss, Arkansas went down to Athens, Georgia, and gets sweeped. The number five team in the country goes to Georgia, who I, at the time, I think when they go to – they went to Athens before this weekend, had like four SEC wins, maybe, and gets swept. Of course, Arkansas was leading the SEC West, and they get swept, and we go and sweep Ole Miss, and that gives us the lead in the SEC West now. So that's what I was talking about earlier when I was like, you know, this past weekend puts us in a great position. We are now in third place in the SEC. We're like a half game behind uh, Vanderbilt, who got swept by Tennessee. That was huge. This weekend was really big for LSU because Tennessee swept – Vanderbilt, um, Arkansas gets swept by Georgia. So LSU do get like getting that sweep on Sunday was huge in terms of your placement in, a, in the SEC. It bumps you up to third place. You're now like half a game behind Vanderbilt, and you're, uh, I think one game or two games behind South Carolina. Uh, which, by the way, guys, South Carolina is the real deal they are the real deal i mean they sweep florida pretty pretty commandingly this this past weekend um now it was at south carolina so i'll give them that but to sweep the number three team in the country uh a, a team who is very good who has a a high first round draft pick in wyatt langford who has a solid pitching staff who has a guy like hurston waldrop pitching for them on Saturday, and then Caglione pitching for them on Sunday. And Caglione has has hit over 20 home runs while also pitching on Sunday for Florida. For South Carolina to go and pretty much handle Florida and sweep them, man, South Carolina is the team to beat. I mean, they are the real deal. Uh, I think college baseball has been robbed of game three between LSU and South Carolina. Obviously, South Carolina took game one. LSU took game two. Game three was canceled because of the rain. And and college baseball has been robbed of that game. And, man, it will be really awesome if it could work out somehow, some way that South Carolina and LSU meet up in Hoover in the SEC tournament because college baseball, America deserves to see Game three between South Carolina and LSU because right now they look like the two top dogs in the SEC, uh, and, and really they look like the two top dogs in the nation. I know Wake Forest is, is in that mix, but Wake Forest is not playing the schedule that LSU and South Carolina has by any stretch of the imagination over in the ACC. I know they have a solid team, but they ain't playing the teams that, that LSU and South Carolina is. In terms of it being big in the SEC placement, LSU is two behind, two behind South Carolina, and LSU is really on the lighter stretch of their schedule in the SEC. 
Um, the front half obviously was was the hardest portion of our schedule, and the back half is really our lighter schedule. You still need to take care of business. You need to get you uh, um, you need to get you a few more sweeps. In my opinion, I want to see a few more sweeps. Um, and South Carolina really has a few more difficult series to play. They still have to play at Arkansas. They have to play at Kentucky, and I think they have Tennessee at home. So you are now positioned. You have positioned yourself really well to, by the end of the season, if South Carolina stumbles a few times, to at least catch them or take the lead. Because the back half of your schedule is lighter, and their schedule is pretty tough. Like, I am I am definitely tuning in when South Carolina goes to Fayetteville. That is going to be an incredible series. Um, and obviously, Kentucky is no slouch either. And, and they got to go to Lexington. Uh, and, of course, Tennessee is just coming off a weekend of sweeping a top-five team in, South Car- in, in Vanderbilt. Um, so South Carolina's got a few more teams to play, uh, is what I'm saying. Um, so you've poised yourself really well in terms of SEC placement. All right, let me get to a few more comments. I need to hit a quick break uh, soon, and then we'll come back and we'll discuss uh, the spring game. Let's see here. Um, I think Stevenson came in for Jones. Okay, yeah, you're right. I know I know Stevenson got in there somehow um, because obviously he was in there to catch that 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 ball that went to the the fence in the in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, Carl Dunn says he looks like Johnny Holstaff tonight. You, you typically expect that on, on, on a midweek. You know, you'll probably see Hurd. You'll probably see Sammy Dutton. You'll probably see maybe Micah Bucknum, Blake Money. Uh, yeah, pretty typical for a midweek. Um, Robert was also agreeing with me in terms of Gavin. Um uh, is y'all 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 let me know is Gavin Dugas is he in the lineup tonight? Because honestly, I would rest him too. Yeah, I know I know that sounds crazy, but I would rest White, Morgan, and Dugas tonight because Dugas needs the rest. Um, you you could tell he was laboring. I think that's what Robert meant that he that he was laboring and he was. Carl Dunn, South Carolina robbed America of it. They knew the whole week uh, about that rain. Uh, they did. Why LSU and South Carolina did not play a doubleheader on Thursday is beyond me. Um, but it is what it is. They should have. They knew about it. They didn't. Oh, well. Um, I see y'all's comment, Robert and, and Carl. Appreciate y'all filling me in there. So Gavin is leading off. I, I'll be curious to see how long he stays in the game. Uh, I would not be surprised if Ben Napolt uh, came in not like late in the game, but maybe like fifth inning. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Ben DePaul. All right, guys, I need to hit a quick break, uh, and then I'll, we'll come back and we'll discuss the spring game. Uh, lots to talk about there, and I, I'm really excited about uh, some of the things I saw. So we'll be right back to discuss it right after this. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Saints Anthem and at Twitter at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. 
Can't get any better than Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. All right, right back at it here in the Tigers Avenue for our next segment here. Spring game. BK spring game number two. BK year number two loading. Y'all, we don't need to overreact um, about the spring game. But, <laughs> but, man, like I know we're running basic concepts and the defense that's out there is, is not your, the defense that you're going to be running out there. Um, you know, game one against Florida State. Um, and, and, you know, the, the offense really wasn't even what you're going to be running out there game one against Florida State. Um, but man, y'all, Jaden Daniels looks good. Garrett Nussmeyer looks good. Um, but let me, let me break it down a little bit in, in, in chronological, uh, order here. Um, we got about 15 minutes till the game starts. I may cut it a little early, uh, so y'all can go get to the game. Obviously I want to get to the game as well. So I may get run about 15 more minutes here, may cut it about five minutes early tonight. Um, but guys, so. Obviously, BK ran it a little bit differently this year. We saw some um, – we saw some – man, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, special teams, sorry. Special teams, couldn't spit it out. Early, uh, you know, trading back and forth. We saw some, you know, goal line uh, um, packages and some goal line, you know, scenarios that they played out at the beginning. And then they really got into the spring uh, to, like, the, the game, like offense versus defense. I really like the way BK is doing it. You know, typically it's like – purple versus gold or, or you know, for other teams, it's red versus white or, or, or crimson versus white, you know, or whatever. I like the offense versus defense setup. Um, I, I think it's really more effective and efficient because um, I think you can – the way they do it, I think it's more realistic when, when you're doing offense versus defense because when you're doing red versus white or whatever, you have – you know, a defense and, a, and an offense that's way more uh, uh, subpar than the other. Uh, so I really like the offense versus defense setup. Um, but, man, first play of the game, first play, Jaden Daniels hits Kyron Lacey. Um, Kyron does his best impression of Odell Beckham, goes up, one-hands it, Brings it down, breaks a few tackles on his way to score a 70-yard touchdown to open the game. I, I mean, it was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, what a play to start it off. Uh, uh, but, guys, really, I, I was really impressed with Kyron Lacey. Um, you know, he struggled with with drops the in this past season, and he looks like he's really improved. Man. I'm going to tell you all, though, that connection between Jaden and, and Malik Neighbors, it's going to be special this year. Uh, Jaden only had one incompletion. I think he was 10 for 11 uh, for like 160 or 80-something yards. Um, looked really solid. Um, but, man, in terms of the offense, a few highlights um, was Kyron Lacey uh, and also the freshman 
uh, tight end Jackson uh, uh, Magone. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Jackson Magone goes out there and he got a few balls and looked really solid. You know, obviously Mason Taylor and uh, the other freshman, Matt Markway, uh, sat out. Um, so Magone really went in there and played really well. Our, our tight end uh, room is going to be pretty deep for the next few years. You, you got three freshmen coming in because you really needed to bring in a whole a, a bunch of tight ends because you were thin. You know, Mason, Mason Taylor is going to be your number one guy. Uh, had an incredible freshman year uh, this past season. Uh, had a few incredible moments. I mean, Mason Taylor was the guy who caught the two-point conversion to beat Al- Alabama for crying out loud. Uh, but you're thin past Mason. And they go out and they get Mar- uh, Matt Marquay out of St. Louis. They they get Kamori and Pimpton, who he isn't with the team yet. He'll be with the team this summer. But Kamori and Pimpton, golly, he looks like an athletic freak. Uh, you got uh, And also you got McGowan. Um, who looked really solid in the spring, filling in for for Mason Taylor uh, and for Matt Markway uh, for the time being. So I really liked him. I liked Kyron Lacey. Uh, Jaden Daniels looked phenomenal. But also, guys, y'all, man, Garrett Nussmeyer has taken some strides in his game. Um, we all knew Garrett as the gunslinger, um, kind of immature would not go through his progressions very well. Uh, and, man, he could sling it. And he was – he's pretty darn accurate for the most part. Uh, but his reads were, were were pretty bad at times, and he would throw it into danger, and he committed a lot of turnovers. Um, and that was just the reality of, of who he was. Man, Joe Sloan and BK have worked with him, and he looks a lot better. Um, you know, our one-two option, Jaden Garrett, I'm pretty confident in both of them. And this is going to be Jaden's last year. I think he's out of eligibility after this last year, this year. And obviously, Jaden Daniels is poised to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. And I would argue he is very well probably going to be preseason Heisman watch and going to be in the Heisman conversation throughout the year. Um, So he's going to be done this year is what I'm saying. Like he's, he's going to be drafted. (laughs) And so the following year, what I saw out of Garrett uh, is really positive. I think next, you know, once we have to turn the page from Jaden to go to Garrett is going to be really positive. Um, In terms of the defense, um, I really liked what I saw from the linebackers, Omar Spites, uh, the freshman uh, Whitweeks. Obviously, was playing out there with his brother, West. Uh, he got the pick six off of Ricky Collins. That was really great. Um, the DBs flashed every now and then, and then other times they looked they looked like they were a problem. And BK really, you know, pointed that out. Like, you know, we brought some new guys in. J.K. Johnson was out there. Uh, Deuce Chestnut s- sat out. But Denver Harris was out there. J.K. Johnson, uh, LaTerrence Welch. Um, and there were times when – when Denver and J.K. looked good, but there were other times when J.K. and 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 Denver got beat. I mean, Landon Landon Ibieta, I think Robert uh, mentions him here. I want to see more of Landon Ibieta. I think I spelled his name right. Yeah, I think you did too. Um, I think it's a uh, I think it's Landon, like D O N instead of Den. Uh, but I think you got Ibieta right. Um, you know, Denver gets beat by Landon Ibieta, who is like five ten. 
uh, uh, three-star redshirt freshman, and Denver was like the number one DB in the nation, you know, two years ago in the recruiting class. Atlanta Ibietta just beat him, just straight up beat him for like a 75-yard touchdown. Um, yeah, I think he broke a tackle too. It was, it was, it was kind of a similar play to Kyron Lacey's. Um, so anyways, they look good at times. They look bad at times. Uh, I think the best one of them all in terms of who looked the best was LaTerrence Welch. I mean, he had a few PBUs, um, and looked really great. He, he was all over the field. You saw him a lot. Um, but man, Harold Perkins, uh, he's just that dude. See him out there in number four, seeing him play in the mic. You know, a lot of people are upset that that Harold is playing in the mic position. Guys, he's gonna be he's gonna be playing mic, and, and he's going to be just as effective. He's going to be just as disruptive at the mic as he is the jack. Uh, and and everybody was kind of talking about, you know, why in the world would we not, you know, set him up at the jack and and let him rush the quarterback? He did so well at that last year. And he did, but you know, Brian Kelly came to the mic in his one of his press conferences and was like, "Who in the world said we're not going to rush the passer with Harold Perkins?" <laughs> like, guys, Harold Perkins is going to play the mic and he's going to play it well. I mean, guys, he's going to be Devin White, just a freak athlete that can hit the gap, uh, stop the running back, who can go sideline to sideline, uh, just elite speed at the linebacker position and he's going to come off of delayed blitzes um and he's going to be a disruptor he's going to be a problem like do not fret over him being moved to the mic like that was always going to be his position uh i know last year um we had we had micah baskerville uh so we didn't need him playing the mic um so he played the jack and he played it well but he was always going to come to LSU and play my, the mic, um, and he's going to play it very well. Um, Omar seems to be uh, like he's poised to do what he came here to do, which is get a whole lot of tackles. I mean, he was a tackling machine at Oregon State. Um, he was a huge addition because he's a veteran presence, you know, between Greg Penn and Harold Perkins. I, I really like where the lineback, where the linebacking. Uh, the linebacker core is at, you know, you bring in Whit Weeks who flashed as well, got you a pick six. West Weeks is going to be a rotational guy. You know, that, that position was a position where, you know, the past two years you were kind of thin at, and now you're kind of building some depth there and there's some real talent there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased what I saw out of the linebackers. Um, in terms of the defensive line, uh, you know, you didn't get to see too much out of them be, just because uh, of who was out there. But some guys that I really saw play well was Braden Swinson and Jackson Howard. Jackson Howard at the jack position looked really nice. Uh, I mean, he looks fast off the ball. He looks like he will be a problem in the jack position. Um, so really excited about some of these freshmen and some of these transfers. Uh, you know, Swinson obviously is coming in from Oregon. Swinson looks like he's put on some size since he's been at LSU. Um, so that's really good to see as well. Uh, pretty excited uh, uh, about him uh, and about um, about Jackson Howard as well. Uh, that's pretty much what I gathered. Um, oh, uh, real briefly on the special teams, 
maybe one concern is the kicker. Uh, we just really don't have, you know, you know, I'm trying to remember his name. Ramos. You know, he was your guy last year. Um, I think that's going to be an ongoing battle, though. BK said it's going to be an ongoing battle. Um, Dybert looks solid at times, but he also missed kicks, just like Ramos did in the spring. Um, so that may be a little bit of concern. Uh, in terms of punting, you know, Jay Bramlett is, is going to be really solid. I don't think we have any concerns in terms of the punter. But what we saw in terms of the punt return and the kickoff return, uh, obviously that was a huge, huge problem for LSU last year. I mean, way too many muff punts, way too many muff kickoff returns. It became a problem. You know, we saw uh, uh, Gregory Clayton go out there and received them very well. Kyle Parker went out there and received very well. Um, I, I think that that we are – obviously Aaron Anderson is a transfer from Alabama who is from Carr in, in New Orleans um, and is going – I think is going to get some reps uh, in returning as well because he is a, a threat um, in, in special teams. Uh, but he was sitting out uh, with an injury uh, that he's been dealing with for a while now. He sat out of the spring game, so you didn't get to see him. But you saw Kyle Parker and Gregory Clayton, and both of them were solid. Um, so that's pretty much what I had from the spring game and, and what I gathered. If you all want to comment anything else that you saw, maybe anything that stuck out to you, uh, I'll get to it. Um, but I'm going to – we got about three minutes to the game start. So real quickly, man, you're playing Nichols tonight. I don't know how much of a preview you can get. You know, it's a midweek game. We've kind of discussed it a little bit. I think you see Johnny Holstaff tonight. Um, you know, obviously the lineup's already out. Morgan is sitting tonight out. Um, Tommy White sitting tonight out. That That's really what needs to happen. Um, let's not make too much about a midweek game. You know, last week we lost our midweek game. Uh, really, <laughs> if you saw what happened, ULL pitched their best pitcher against LSU to close the game out. Uh, they ended up beating us. We went on to sweep Ole Miss, but ULL went on to get swept by James Madison. So it just shows you guys, like, midweek games, like, you want to win them, but in the grand scheme of things, they're they're really not that important. They really aren't. Um, so just go out there tonight, get the W. That's what you need to do uh, as LSU tonight. Maybe Hurd uh, uh, gets you some good innings. Maybe he he starts to build some confidence back um, and, and gives you a good outing. I'd really like to see that. Um, but we'll see how tonight plays out. I really just think it's a normal midweek game. Uh, you've already played Nichols this year, and you've beat them. Uh, just go out there and repeat what you've already done. Uh, and that's pretty much all the preview you can get for this midweek. It's just your typical midweek game. So – if there's no more comments or, 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 or concerns or questions, I'm going to hit one more quick break, um, and then I'll come back and we will wrap the show up. So we'll be right back after this. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter.
All right, guys, right back here to wrap things up. It's been a great show. I've enjoyed doing it by myself. And uh, uh, hopefully the, at the end of this week, we'll have Zach back. Uh, we've been a little bit off with our schedule. Um, this past Friday, we weren't able to do a show. Zach was actually in Oxford for the game. Uh, so that's what happened there. Um, and then Monday, we typically do a show on Monday. But last night, uh, I had a little uh, a ceremony that I had to go to. Um, with my school. So we weren't able to go last night. Uh, we we're able to go tonight. Zach had to be held over at work, um, you know, a little bit later today. So it was just me. So hopefully we'll get back on schedule and get back into the routines of things this Friday. So we can give you the full fledged TA show that you all love and enjoy. But guys, I really have, I appreciate it. Carl, Robert, really appreciate you guys coming in here and commenting and interacting. Uh, and updating me on 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 the lineup for tonight as well. You you've you've provided me with some good information. Uh, so appreciate you guys interacting. It's always a great time. Uh, but we'll we'll keep you updated on the next show and uh, the time of the next show. Uh, hopefully the Tigers can go out and get a W tonight. And we'll be back in the Tigers. We'll be back here in the Tigers Avenue to discuss all things LSU on Friday. We'll see you then. Five star hero. Take us out. We'll see you next time. Peace.